This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, wondering what's happening in the world of Right From The Deep? Well, of course, first and foremost, thanks to our patrons on Patreon. You guys make this show possible and you bless us with your involvement. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah, thank you guys. And special thanks to our August sponsor of the month, Stacy McLean. Stacy's been working on her first book, but also, like many of you, she's dealing with changes that this pandemic has brought to her career and it's made writing time hard to come by. Stacy. We are praying for you and so many others that are affected by the trials in our world today. And now, here's the show! Welcome, listeners. We're glad that you've joined us here in the deep. So, I've mentioned on this podcast before that my hubby and I have moved to Kansas. What I didn't mention is that we ended up buying a house that was bigger than we planned, and of course it needed more repairs, more updating than we anticipated. So we've been in the middle of renovations doing things like scraping popcorn texture off ceilings. This is no fun, just for the record. As we've been doing this, I noticed how many things, and we're going to call them lessons, I'm learning from everything that's gone wrong. <laughs> and so many of those, though, actually apply to the writing life. Karen knows a little bit about how difficult this renovation process and moving process has been for me, because I, I do confess I complained to her. <laughs> So we did a video call um, not that long ago, and as soon as her video came up, I just burst out laughing. It, I just, I completely lost it. Kirby, <laughs> my corgi, I don't know if you've ever seen a corgi face-to-face, but corgis always look worried. They're, their <laughs> eyes are all big, and there's this crease in between their eyes and their forehead, and they always look like they're worried about where their next meal is coming from. <laughs> so... She comes up on the video, and the reason I lost it is she had Kirby face. <laughs> she had these big puppy dog eyes in the crease between her brows, and she looked like, you know, she'd been caught in the headlights or something. <laughs> it was just... I told her, oh my gosh, you look like Kirby. So, <laughs> yes, it was yeah. true. And so it's been a little rough. And here then are my observations. We're going to take my lessons and share them with you guys in no particular order. So first observation is what you think will be simple almost never is. So uh, for example, we had to buy a refrigerator, okay, Guys, there's so many choices. Why why do I need a Wi-Fi enabled refrigerator? Somebody help me with that. Or all these doors and doors and a TV and okay, we finally picked one out of this myriad of possibilities and then we realized it had no wheels. And I'm thinking, how do you slide a fridge into place on a wood floor without scratching the daylights out of this, you know, new wood floor that we're not supposed to scratch? So, and then as it turned out, we we picked a different fridge that had wheels. Okay. And so it turned out that my hubby noticed that there was this water connection pipe box thingy. This is my technical term because I'm not a plumber, okay? And it looked askew. Turns out it was broken. And for this, he needed to go and buy $90 worth of special plumbing tools and a new box thingy. 
And then there was this plumber at my house. That's another story because there was another plumbing emergency. And he looked at this and he said, oh, that's, that's a huge pain in the butt job. I, I don't have time for that. He's like, you got to cut drywall out. All that's going to have to be repaired. So this all turned into a huge rabbit hole. It's not just simple. In some ways, guys, I think there's lots of would-be authors out there thinking writing a book is a simple process. Yeah, I think I've talked about it before. The day that my pastor's wife at a previous church we were at came up to me and said, my son needs to make some quick money, so he's going to write a book. Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> and I said, the first suggestion I have is don't ever say anything that stupid to me again. <laughs> the problem is we look at this and we think, I'm just going to spew my story into the computer and voila, royalty checks will start showing up and life will be good. But writing a good book, that's, that's just a huge rabbit hole. It's a huge endeavor. It's right. far more complicated than we realize. And at first, we don't even know what we don't know about the craft of writing. I just recently um, took on an editing client who has good bones in her novel. You know, there's a good story there, but wow, does she have a long way to go to refine her craft. But she didn't know what she didn't know until she started working with an editor. Unfortunately, then, once you learn the craft, there are still so many steps, and, and there's always something new in the craft and something that makes your craft better in revising and working with critique partners or editors or even when your book is done it's it never feels like it's done right so after you get it finished there's this other rabbit hole that's waiting for you and that's figuring out how to get it published and so do you go the traditional route and find an agent create your hook proposal audience takeaway or do you go indie publishing where you're the publisher and you have to deal with formatting and cover design and retailers and I know we're making this whole thing sound terrible. Well, it's not terrible, but there are ups and downs and, and it's not simple. And it doesn't stop with all these things that we've already mentioned because then your career is starting and you're going to face a boatload of complicated challenges and decisions and how much marketing do you do and who do you market to and how do you use social media and, and how do you manage relationships in publishing and how do you connect with your readers? Right. The point being, it's not simple. No, and here's the bottom line of what I learned. Even if nothing is as simple as I thought, that is okay. Knowing that going in, it helps you not get quite as frustrated when things <laughs> get complicated. I'd like to say that I don't get frustrated, but Karen reminded me that, yes, you do. <laughs> and she's <laughs> right. I do. But when we can think in our mind and go, you know what? It's okay. We can go into this thing thinking, it's going to be longer. Let's, let's back off the frustration trail a little bit. And here's another thing, though, I'll tell you. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Sometimes it's better not to know just how hard the journey is because then you might chicken out or you might never try and that that would be a shame so on your writing journey if you're in a place where you're kind of looking around and you're feeling like hey this isn't the cruise i signed on for i understand anybody who's a writer will understand lots of authors have faced the same struggle but there's one who knows your entire journey from beginning to end, and he's had it planned since before you were born. No rabbit hole is too deep, no journey too difficult with God as your guide. Right. So the second thing that I've learned, everything is going to take much longer than you think. 
Okay. <laughs> so we thought we'd have like all our popcorn ceiling scraped in two to three weeks. That's wrong. Just the prep work, not even actually scraping, takes forever. There's all these steps and laying drop cloths and taping on, on the walls. And we found out the hard way that if you don't securely tape everything together, all this dust crumbles go everywhere. And it's just, then when, when he taped the walls, once we pulled the tape off, it pulled the paint off the walls. So now we had to repair the walls. It's just on and on. So everything took longer than we thought. It's the same thing with writing. You guys know this. You think you're going to knock this book off in oh, a couple of months and 10 years later, you're finally putting the final touches on it. Or you think that it's going to be published at a certain time and then something happens and you get notified, no, we have to delay publication because of this, this, and this, and this. Everything, everything in publishing takes time, way more time than you think it will. And you have to hurry up and meet deadlines that other people give you, and then you have to wait. Right. <laughs> and wait. And wait. <laughs> Taking renovations in a house, that's tough, and it takes longer than you think it will, but renovations on your manuscript, like revisions and editing and all of the things, and an agent likes it, but could you please just change this? Or the editors realize that it might be a better way to reach the consumer if you just do this, and it's, it's so hard to wait. But when you're in God's waiting room, it's a very good place to be because that's where you learn that you can rest in God. You don't have to fret. Waiting doesn't mean fretting. Something taking a long time doesn't mean that it's not happening. It just means that it's going to take place in God's perfect timing. If God's intention is for your book to get published, it will happen. Nothing can stop it. But you just need to wait on him. And that's what you need to remind yourself is that God is in control. He's in control of the timeline. And if you're letting yourself get stressed because you're behind some self-imposed timeline, let it go. Let right. it go. <laughs> you know? Make sure your deadlines are reasonable. Make sure that you never agree to a deadline that inside you're thinking to yourself, oh, there's no way I can meet that. But if I say no, I'll lose this opportunity. God doesn't ask you to do things that are unreasonable. He asks you to do things that he can prepare you and he can equip you to do. And even when it feels like everything is perfect, never count on things going smoothly. Build in extra time into your schedules for things. Give yourself a break. So the next thing that I learned is you are going to have to continually revise your expectations. Very little, or probably even nothing, is going to turn out completely the way you envisioned or intended, and it's going to be less than perfect in its final product, and you're probably going to have to make changes on the fly, but that's okay. When we got this house, everything was brown and black and dark and red and beige. And I wanted to get rid of all of those colors, uh, but except it had a lot of carpeting and it was way more than we can afford. But then we got connected to this wholesaler whose price was lower and we're like, maybe we can change some carpet. That'd be great. But then it was like he had limited supply and limited things we could choose from. And so my favorite color that I really wanted wasn't as, you know, thick and nice as my distant favorite second color. So, you know, now what? I couldn't have the, the thickness that I wanted and the color I wanted. Here's the real deal. 
the perfect house I envisioned didn't and couldn't really exist except in my mind. So we had to let go of that perfect vision. You're going to run into this all over in your writing career as well. So that perfect book has yet to be written except for the Bible. That's the one perfect book out there. But I know many people who keep writing and revising until they think it's perfect, which means they never stop. It's just not the way to do things. You need to do what you can and then again, let go, or you'll end up discouraged. You'll, You'll think that this just isn't going the way that you want it to. But remember, it's not about you. I know, I know that's hard, but it's not about you. Remember that the perfect marketing plan just doesn't exist. The perfect career doesn't exist. You simply can't do everything right. You set yourself up to make no mistakes and you can't ensure success. But what you can do is your best with every effort, every decision, and soaking it all in prayer. God promises to give us the guidance we need when we need it. And even then, your best is a mark that will keep changing as your seasons in life change, your expertise will change, and the industry will change. Everything changes except one thing, and that's God and his purpose for us. And another reason to let go of that perfect vision is that you'll end up closing yourself off to ideas from others, especially if you're traditionally published. That's a team effort. You're going to have to acquiesce to others who have more expertise. Editing, cover designs, even your titles. Publishing companies know their readers and they have an investment in your book and in seeing it do well. So it's not that you have to just give in to every suggestion and be a doormat. That's not the case at all. But you do need to remain open to a bigger vision than you had alone. Be teachable. And remember, God's vision is what matters most. Right. And guys, it's okay to say, I'm not sure I like this, or I was anticipating something different, you know. But here's a caveat. You absolutely don't want to proceed with something you're not comfortable with. We we had right. this situation. We spent a long time painting these high walls. And when we were done, Alan looked at me and he said, does that color, which was supposed to be off-white, look purple to you? And I said, oh my goodness, yes, it does. And so we had a choice right then and there. This was the color we picked out for the whole house. And it, for whatever reason, in our house, looked purple. At that point, you stop. And no matter what investment we already had in that paint, you stop and you do something different. We, we switched colors on the, on the fly. Um, so you do have to be open to what's possible and what's a reality. Even if you're indie publishing, you should be open to advice from professionals But again, balance that. You're not a doormat, but you want input. Another lesson that I learned, guys, is that you're going to have to do hard, scary things that will push you beyond what you think your limits are. So one of the difficulties that we faced was that our two-story foyer and staircase had a really high ceiling, okay? How in the world were we going to scrape and sand and paint the ceiling and the walls? We did not have a ladder that tall. I didn't even know if they made them, right? It seemed insurmountable. You're going you're gonna to face that too, some task that seems insurmountable. So we thought, let's hire a professional. But the estimate was like $2,000, and we thought, okay, that's not in the budget. So we're going to have to figure out a way. And and you're going to, like I said, you're going to face that too, but you can do what we did. We 
investigated. We found and learned about a ladder that had all these ways to configure it, and it was a pain to use. It was heavy. I could barely, I could barely move the thing by myself, and you had to fold it and unfold it and do all these things. We had to get all these contraptions in place in order to do this. And then we had to rent scaffolding. Oh my goodness, just putting it together. It did not come put together. It came in pieces. We had to put it together and build it as we climbed on it. That was scary, okay? And that, okay, was nothing compared to being at the top of the ladder working way up like my head is touching the ceiling and that it felt really high and I knew I knew the ladder was very sturdy and strong and that it was leaning against the wall and I really couldn't fall backwards because of the physics of it all okay but when I'm way up high it felt so rickety and so unstable you guys know how that feels, don't you? Because it's the way that we feel sometimes when we're trying to trust God in our heads. And sometimes even in our hearts, we know he's the God of the universe, that he made everything, that there is nothing that he can't do. And yet our feelings are just kind of like, I'm not so sure he's got this one. <laughs> right. That's why feelings are such a rotten measuring stick for reality. You can't trust your feelings on this. What you can trust is God. You can trust God's word. I mean, face it, guys. Working as a writer, trying to get your book published, working in publishing, it's never going to feel stable. It's never going to feel like things are going the way you want them to. Writing just isn't safe. It's not a safe occupation. Right. Writing and being vulnerable and speaking truth, those are all hard things. And you're going to feel exposed and be exposed. And that's how God wants it because he wants us to rely on him so that he gets the glory, not us. And I'll say it again. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. Right. Next thing I learned, things are going to get messy before they get cleaner. Okay, messier, then cleaner. And so when you're renovating, you cannot be afraid to make a mess. You can't be afraid of demo. If you guys have ever seen those shows, they're in there doing all this demo. Sometimes you have to tear down walls to rebuild them in a better way. And when we learned through our inspection that we had some mold under the dining room windows in the walls, I mean, we couldn't be afraid to open those walls and see what we were dealing with so we could clean it up and rebuild everything. And I'll tell you, when our carpet it was replaced. There were several days when we're walking around on this plywood subfloor. It was a very skeleton-y, weird time to be in the house, and it was a mess. But that was the way that we could deal with these annoying squeaks in the flooring. So at the end of the process, we got nice, clean walls. We didn't have mold. We had fresh carpet, no squeaks. It was all worth it, but it had to get messier before it could get cleaner. So the same is true with book revisions or your career as a whole. You know, you may need to dismantle your book and it'll look like a disaster with chapters missing and paragraphs hacked or you have to bring in a new character. But imagine the final book in your hands or a streamlined story that really connects with readers. It's worth the effort. The key is to have confidence in your ability to learn how to deal with the problems. God will show you what to do, as will an experienced editor. So make sure that you have the right partnerships and the right people on your team to help you. And think about your career. You may experience huge upheavals. I have a really good friend whose book was supposed to come out a couple of months ago, 
And all of a sudden, the publisher decided, no, no, this is not going to go well in this culture today. And so the friend tried to be patient and wait, and the, the publishing company ended up canceling the book for what I thought was a pretty rotten reason, but it's because they had hired sensitivity readers, and those readers decided that the book was offensive. It's just, it's a crazy world, and things are going to happen that are going to just send you reeling. But you need to remember that they're going to be in shambles, and it'll seem terrible, but God will bring it about to the very best for you and for your book. He's your guide. He's your shelter. He's your protection through whatever upheaval you face. Right. And the next thing, you are going to be tempted to grumble. <laughs> So Karen can testify that I've grumbled. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> One morning, shortly after our offer on the house was accepted, Alan and I were walking on the trail behind our house, and I heard a hawk. You guys, I love hawks. And the sky was blue, and the air was crisp, and the call, the hawk was overhead, and it was so perfect. And I said to Alan, I can't believe we get to live here. And then the hard work hit, and the difficulties, and the constant trials every day, literally, had a new trial. And it was just, here's the deal. My dream come true was so much harder than I thought. And it was easy to grumble and be frustrated. Here, God is giving my, me, me my dream and I'm grumbling. You know, if you ever wonder why the Israelites could grumble so much on the way to the promised land, I know firsthand it's hard, okay? This is going to probably more than likely happen somewhere along the way in your writing career. Now, don't hear us saying that your writing career is going to be a nightmare because it's not. Right. We're just trying to let you know that none of us is promised an easy path on following God. No matter what our dreams are, even when they come true, things won't be perfect. You can't lose sight of thankfulness or gratitude. You can't lose sight of the blessing that God has given you when things get hard because it's remembering that God is with you, God has brought you to this place, and God has this purposes in every single thing you face. That's what will strengthen you. Right. And one more thing. Well, two more things. There is a joy that will keep you going if you're willing to stop and notice it. You guys, we're created in God's image and we're imitators of him. And naturally we want to create, we want to bring order from chaos. It's tempting though, to only see the big picture in your mind and not be satisfied until that big picture is fulfilled. But oftentimes the big picture is just too big and it's constantly changing because nothing stays the same in this world, like we said, except God. Right. We need to stop and take delight in the small steps. Watch for those little bits of joy that God has tucked away into every step of what you're doing. He delights in bringing you joy. Right. And for me, I mean, just finishing one closet, just seeing one mess cleaned up, one ceiling that looked pretty, that was enough to keep me going. And to, if I was just willing to stop and be thankful for that one thing. In writing careers, there are lots of small steps to celebrate. Finishing a chapter, cleaning up your writing space, creating a new outline, shoot, finding the perfect word that has been yes. on the tip of your tongue and you haven't been able to place it and suddenly it's there. There are so many little things to celebrate. You know, just, just remember when things are hard, all these little things that you can celebrate. And in spite of any difficulties you face, the good things will still be good. 
trials and hard things don't negate the good. You just have to stop and celebrate them, take time to enjoy them, and then remind yourself. Why do you think God told the Israelites to write his truths on the doorpost? It's because it's so easy to forget them, and you can't let yourself do that. Progress, even in small steps, will be so exciting as you see the results, and the progress will be a joy to help keep you going if you keep your hand in God's and keep your focus on him. Right. And the last thing, sometimes you end up with exactly what you didn't want, but it turns out that you like it for reasons that you could not foresee. And I'll tell you that one thing that I wanted most to change in our house was the kitchen cabinets. Yes, they were pretty in a weird sort of way. They were maple and wood, and I liked that, but the stain had this caramel orange cast, okay? But once we changed the lighting, and then we restained the wood floor to a different lighter color because that was really dark too. The cabinets suddenly lost their orange glow and the countertops, instead of like picking up the orange in them, now they look really like outdoorsy, if I could use that word. I, I love outdoorsy, okay? And they're granite and they feel like this more natural stone. I could never have foreseen that. So I ended up with what I thought I didn't want, but other changes around brought this whole different perspective. And now I'm pretty darn satisfied with how <laughs> things turned out. You're probably going to have preconceived notions of who you are and what you like and what you don't like and how you want to work with something and how you don't. And that's fine, but don't let any of that make it so that you miss what might actually be a good fit for you, even if you think it's not. God knows you so much better than you know yourself, and he knows exactly what is good for you and right for you. He knows what to do to help you to thrive and keep you from stagnating. He knows what to do to guide you. He knows what to do to grow you. And those are all the things that you want to have happen. Just like with Erin's house, you know, she, she looked at the house and when they bought it, she was really excited. And then she saw the things that had to be done and suddenly she was not quite so excited. And right. I remember after they signed and everything was official, there was this moment of panic, like, what have we done? <laughs> But I just kept telling her through it all, this is the house God has brought you. You are so blessed that God has brought you this. I think I, I only let myself one time say, shut up, you're being blessed. <laughs> <laughs> We're just so human. It's so easy for us to forget that God is in control and to get focused on circumstances. But the renovations that need to happen in you and in your writing career and in whatever you come to in your life, those are in God's hands. And you can trust him with that. You can trust him to make the end product more beautiful, more perfect than you ever could have imagined. That's because he loves you. And he loves the people that are going to be reading your books. And he loves the fact that we are willing to follow him and do as he asks. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm -hmm.